I spoke on the, the, the first Sunday about uh, prosperity God's way, and then the next Sunday, um, being stewards of the king. And so what I mentioned just coming up here was, if you missed it, go to wengardministries.org or to, uh, if you have a, a podcast player, Hope for Today by Wengard Ministries, and you can go listen to those. Had a couple of people ask, and they are, the guy that does my media split them up, probably because I talked too long, but uh, split them up into, into a couple messages. So like last Sunday will actually come out this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. So go and, go and listen to a refresh and see if the Lord uh, speaks anything else to you. Just thinking of kind of a, a quick recap on stewardship and what is it. And I, I just, I was thinking of what stories do I have of being frugal? And I, I kept thinking about this story. Uh, I don't know, Lamar, if you've told this one or not, but I, I, there's this guy that he was, I don't know if he was a deacon of the church, but he, he was visiting a widow and just, you know, wanting to encourage her. And so he's, he's sitting in her home and he's on the, sitting on the couch and there's this little bowl of peanuts and he just starts eating these peanuts. And while they're talking, he, he, he's not thinking about it. He just, he just keeps eating them. He likes peanuts. So he just keeps eating them. And after a bit, he realizes he ate all the peanuts. He's like, man, this kind of bad. I come to visit this, this widow and I eat her whole bowl of peanuts. And so he says, oh, I'm so sorry. I, I, I went and ate all of your peanuts. And she said, oh, that's okay. I don't like that part. I always suck the chocolate off first. So you realize what he just ate, but now that's, that's, uh, I guess, a, a story of being really frugal, like just save what you, <laughs> save what you don't like and serve it to your guests. But good stewardship, being a steward, is not just about being frugal. It's not about hoarding money or, or penny pinching. We would have grown up with, uh, I would have grown up with a lot of good teaching on money management, which is great. But it just translated into this understanding that being a steward is just being very careful being very frugal, watching every, every, every penny. And while that may be money management, that is not what being a steward is all about. So you have to go and listen to the, the other messages because it's really about seeing from the king's perspective. That's what prosperity God's way, seeing from the king's perspective and then knowing his heart about it and then acting according to his heart. So if you think of, uh, we, we talked about that this morning, Ezra. Uh, when Abraham came into town, do you think he told his servants, make sure you rub mud on all the gold so nobody knows it's gold? Like, we've got to make sure we don't look like we have more than the people around us. See, Abraham knew that he represented God. He represented Yahweh. And God had shown Abraham his heart. And so Abraham said, let me put God on display. 
Now we've seen, obviously, we, I, I know we've seen a lot of abuses of this, and so we tend to kind of hold back a little bit. But I would say, remember, God has a way of showing you his heart, and when the devil tries to counterfeit it, when the devil tries to twist it, it's because he, it's getting close. So if you see a counterfeit of something, pay attention. Say, why is the devil afraid of this? Why is he trying to, to bring abuses to this, to this? And why is this counterfeit being presented to me? So going into the, uh, the, the four different types of giving, I, I was thinking about this, that you know I'm really kind of starting this message here where I was thinking I would start the first message and talk about just what is giving and, and what does it look like specifically. But if we don't know God's heart, we can give all we want. We can, we can try and go after God's principles, but if we don't know him, we're just, we're just shooting in the dark. We're not understanding the truth of his nature. So I'm going to go through this and I'm just going to talk through four different types of giving. And then I'm going to explain it. Like why, why separate this out? Why make it something that seems like, okay, are you making it complicated? It's not. It's actually simplifying it. And it's opening up your heart, the condition of your heart. So there are four types, tithe, first fruits, alms, and seed. And the, the motivation for those is obedience, generosity, compassion, and faith. So maybe when we get to the end, I don't know how long this is going to go. Uh, we may have time for a testimony or two or three. I don't know. Uh, I talked to one person here about maybe giving a testimony. I won't point at you. Uh, I have a few testimonies. But some of the times when we hear a teaching, we tend to think, okay, wonderful. That's great. But how does that apply to me? Like when I start to look at my circumstance and apply what I've heard, it starts to look complicated. It starts to be like, well, but you don't really know what I'm dealing with. So that's the beauty of testimonies because we can hear how someone else applied a principle of God and, and saw it work in their life. Maybe your situation is different, but it can help you to understand. This is why we tell testimonies. Testimonies open up our hearts to believe that maybe this is possible for me. Maybe it's possible for you. So when you, when you don't receive what you expect, let's say you, you've, you've been giving and you don't receive what you expect to receive back. Like if you're, you say, well, giving and receiving, you know, all I'm doing is giving, I'm not receiving. And you go, this, this giving and receiving thing doesn't work. But what if, what if the way you're giving or your heart behind it is, is short-circuiting the principles that God has set in place? Because see, he's more interested in your heart than he is in your prosperity. God wants you to be prosperous, but he's much more interested in your heart to be connected with him. He's not worried. He's not afraid that he can't take care of you, let's just say. Even if it gets down to your last amount, it seems like, oh no, can God take care of me? Do you think he's worried? The one who has all things. See, he doesn't think in the way that we tend to think. We look ahead and we see a cliff coming and we say, well, if nothing changes, we're going over this cliff. 
And the Lord says, I don't see a cliff. What do you mean? Just keep going and do what I say. The first type of giving uh, is the one we focus on most. And we tend to think of it as when you give tithe, that is what giving, uh, that's what represents giving. And it is the first one. Tithe began before the old covenant. Abraham even tithed before God established the covenant with him. So we can't even say tithing is just old covenant. Abraham tithed to uh, the priest of Salem. Melchizedek, thank you. I was going to say Mephibosheth, but that's not, not the right one. He, he tithed to Melchizedek. And it, it, is a, it is an honor. It's giving 10%, a 10% gift of honor to, to someone that, or a, a place or whatever that you have received from. So tithing is just, the, it's what opens the door. It's when you're willing to give 10%, you say, I don't know if I even understand it, but I'll do it out of obedience. Yes, Lord, I'll, I'll give 10% out of obedience. And we give 10%. I grew up giving 10%, even as a little kid. My parents taught me 10%. It's not yours. Give it. <laughs> so it's good. It's really good. But it's just the beginning. That 10% of obedience, that 10% giving opens you up to say, Lord, there's more to this. I believe there's more to this than what I have understood. So continue to teach me. I surrender. I submit to you. In Malachi 3, verses 10, through 10 and 11, it says, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now that is a good promise. Now you look at it and you say, Malachi, that's Old Covenant. Of course, we live in a fulfilled Old Covenant. See, the New Covenant didn't abolish the Old Covenant. It simply fulfilled it. So Jesus took all of the promises in the Old Covenant and he said, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. And then he took all the curses and he turned them around and they became promises for us. They became blessings. In fulfilling the covenant, Jesus took all, all of those promises and said, now I bring them all into the future. And now we have a better covenant and better promises. But it doesn't mean that Malachi is not valid. Of course it's valid. Now, if you go one verse earlier, if you start reading earlier in, in, the, in the chapter, it says, if you, know, you have robbed me, you are cursed with a curse and all of those things, if you do not tithe, that has been canceled. There are no curses. God does not curse us. Jesus took all the curses. Galatians 3.13, he became a curse for us. So if we look at what, how God feels about tithe, he's just saying, just do it my way. Walk with me in this and you will see my hand of blessing. So we, we, we quote Psalm 91 for protection. We say, okay, I'm, I'm, you even saying about being in the cleft of the rock. And so we, we believe that Psalm 23 is valid. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. We quote 
Old Testament. And then we come to Malachi and we say, well, is tithing for today? Of course it is. Is God for today? Of course he is. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so the next one then. We'll come back to these uh, and, and, and how they join together with each other. The, the next one is first fruits. In Proverbs 3.9, it says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So the key word here is increase. Honor the Lord with your increase. So when I think of a first fruit, I think of it as it's a one-time gift. There's a harvest that happens, and it's, there, there is only one first fruit. After that, the rest of the harvest is the harvest. So it's that first crush of the grapes. It's, it's, the, it's the sweetness of that first gathering. That is a first fruit. So when I think of applying it to my finances, the way the Lord has shown me is if I have in my job, let's say if I get a raise and in that raise, I get an extra several hundred dollars a month, let's say. I say, okay, if I'm working, you know, standard hours and this is the amount that, that I look at my paycheck, this is my standard paycheck. And from now on, I'm going to get several hundred dollars more every month. I mean, that's pretty sweet. That's, you, you go, okay, what else can we do with that? So a first fruit offering is taking that first month and whatever your increase is, several hundred dollars, give the entire amount, release it. You didn't have it last month and you're gonna have it next month. So if it's a true increase, Release it when you get it the first time. That sweetness of going, ah, oh, I'm going to buy myself a new, I don't know what you guys do for hobbies, but driver, golf driver, I'm going to buy a new gun or I'm going to drop, I, I, I want to do something. This is, I guess, I don't know what the ladies would do. Buy a new purse. I don't know. But if you say, well, what can I do with that, that sweetness of that raise? That is your increase. When you're willing to take that first check and you take your increased amount and you just release it, it opens your heart with generosity. See, true generosity is, I don't need it. I want to give it away. Here you go. Ask the Lord where to give it. He has, he has told me to give uh, first fruit offerings in places that I didn't expect uh, the, sometimes it's to the, to the minister himself, not to the church. There was a, um, minister that had to do some traveling. He was, he was going to be going multiple places. And I had a first fruit offering and it was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I, I got a, a nice raise and, and it was like 800 bucks. So I walked up to him with 800 bucks and I said, I want you to travel. I'm, I, uh, the Lord told me to give you this and to put it toward whatever it costs for you to, to travel. And there's something about that, just opening yourself up. So be willing to consider this. God has better things for you. When you're, 
When you think of a first fruit offering, don't go, oh no, I got to give the whole thing. Be excited about it. Be cheerful. Be, look at it as, I didn't, I, I was not able to give this last month. Look what I can give. This is, it becomes, well, I mean, fun doesn't quite seem like the right word to describe it, but it is a lot of fun when you're, when you just follow through and do what the Lord says. Okay. So that is first fruits. And really it is about where your heart turns. If you, I'll just say this, if you're getting a raise and your heart turns to it immediately and you go, my savior, <laughs> you say, we can make it. Finally, we can make it because money saved us. Who's your master? We'll get to that. But really, that raise is your savior. You're going to look to that. That is worship. When your heart turns to that raise as this is our answer, you have now worshiped it. So the purpose of giving your first fruit is saying, I refuse to worship it. I refuse. I worship one alone, and that is Yahweh. That is the Lord Jesus. I will worship him even if it kills me, even if we don't make it. I refuse to worship that increase. Does that make sense? All right. Uh, a, a New Testament example, Romans eleven sixteen says, for if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So another purpose of first, first fruit is it, it sanctifies that increase for you. And that's part of the, the, where your heart is turning. Okay, so the third type is almsgiving or charitable deeds. New King James says charitable deeds. Um, we, can, we can treat it as responding to needs or giving to the poor. Uh, there's all different ways to say it. I'm using the word alms just because it's a short word and it's easy to understand. It's a different word, something that we go, okay, alms is, at least I grew up with it. There was an alms fund at church where people could give to anonymously and, and there, was, there was charitable giving for those that were in need. When I think of tithe as a whole, people giving their, their 10%, most of the time people's tithe is converted to alms because as a rule a majority of our giving is given to needs needs that are presented it could be a ministry that shows up and presents to your church it could be you know someone in your church it could be whatever there, there are needs that we see around us and we say well i i have my tithe i can give some of my tithe to that so you look in your, if you have envelopes, you have a way to, to organize your tithe, you go, oh, we have, we have X amount of dollars in here. Let's, let's give some of our tithe and help out with that need. You have now converted your tithe into alms. They're not the same. They're not the same. Now, here's, here's uh, I want to read Matthew 6, 1 through 4. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them, Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, 
Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. So we have this mentality that don't ever talk about what you give. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shift it here and say, just make that the alms. You can talk about the seed you're sowing. If you drive down the road, you see a uh, field of corn. They have a sign of what type of seed and where they bought it. I mean, it's like, you know what's in that field. When you're sowing into something different than, than alms, there is a celebration of following in the principles of God that we should be aware. This, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. The purpose for that is so that the poor person that you're helping doesn't feel exploited, doesn't have this, uh, I mean, nobody wants to receive, it's hard to receive gifts, especially if you really need it and you go, man, I feel like a low life. I feel like I don't want to, I don't want to be a charity case. I don't want to take handouts. So when there's someone that has a need and the Lord says, give them something and he tells you what to give and you go, okay, now, okay, I want to, I want to tell about what I did. And you come to church and you start talking about it. That becomes difficult for the person that received the gift. But what do most ministries do when they want to present something? (laughs) Okay, we have this video we're going to present and we, let me show you all the destruction from that natural disaster. Let me show you all of the poor people that need some help. I'm going to present it as terrible as I can. Let me show you the, the, the baby, the kids struggling from malnutrition and their stomachs are bloated and they, they're, they're dying on the streets because look at all the needs, look at all the needs. Those are just alms. Those are alms giving. But most ministries function by siphoning, I'm, I'm not, they're not, their hearts are not bad. Their hearts are not wrong. It's just a misunderstanding. They siphon off the other giving and convert it to alms so that the needs are being met. But those are, that's not seed being sown. That's not first fruit or tithe. Now, what is the, do you know what the rate of return is on almsgiving? Proverbs 19, 17 says, he who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and he will pay back what he has given. It is a one-to-one ratio. So if you say this giving and receiving thing just doesn't work, we, you know, you, you give $100 and, and my guess is you get $100 back. See, it's a one-to-one return. The purpose of alms, you have, you have, obedience and tithe and then you have generosity and first fruits alms is compassion to to allow your heart to feel what god feels when he sees someone in need he has compassion on the poor he really does he wants us to have his heart of compassion on the poor so if there's a if there's someone with a need in front of you and the lord puts it on your heart he says give that man twenty dollars and you go, I don't have my tithe with me. <laughs> the Lord says, no, you got, 
You got $40 in your wallet. Take a 20 out and give it to him. You go, but that's my spending money. That's for me. Yeah, that's why you give it to him. That's compassion. That's saying, you know what? I'll give it to you because the Lord is telling me to do it. See, here's what happens. The Lord says, here's a need. This is my son and he's, he's on the street. Give him this money. He says, could you spot me 20 bucks? The, the Lord's asking you this. He's saying, hey, the Lord goes, I forgot my wallet. Can you, can you spot me 20 bucks? And you go, sure, I got it. And you give it to him. He goes, don't worry, I'll get it back to you. Does that make sense? That's what almsgiving is. You're, you're just lending to the Lord to take care of someone in need. The problem with this is, when we think of giving, we only typically, at least a majority of the time, we tend to think of it as meeting needs. But the Lord told me that, uh, so my wife and I were going through this process of learning this, and he said, all of your giving is almsgiving. And we were supporting, we were supporting, <laughs> I'm not going to say everything, I'm not going to say the organizations, but we, we were supporting multiple kids overseas, we were uh, we were doing, we were giving plenty, it seemed like. And I said, well, what should we do about this? He said, you call every organization and you cancel your giving. <laughs> now that's a, that's a strike on my own pride because it feels good to give and feel like you're generous. And when the Lord goes, eh, I'm not really into it. It's, it's like, man, where have I been missing it? And to call an organization, it's one thing to log into your account and kind of quietly cancel it. But I called every organization. Uh, there was a couple kids that we had been sponsoring from little up. And had I wrote a letter uh, to the one because I couldn't, couldn't talk to him personally. But I wrote a letter and described to him what God was, was doing in my heart. And I apologized to him for taking the place of God in his life and being his provider. I was paying, I'm, uh, I won't say what I was doing. It was alms. <laughs> anyway, it, it, was like, it was hard for me to do. It was hard for my wife and I. But we canceled all of our giving. So here we have this. Now we have four different things. We're saying, okay, Lord, what is our tithe? What is our first fruit? What is our alms? And what is our seed? And he began to show us that when we respond only to need, the devil can bleed us dry because he's good at presenting needs to you. And he, the devil knows how to, to, to bring those people in front of you and go, hey, come on, come on. It's like, it's like the guy standing at the end of the, the off-ramp from the interstate and he's got a sign and he looks really sad, and, and it says this message, God bless. And you go, man, I feel bad for that guy. Look at him. I mean, he's, look how much I have compared to him. And we start comparing ourselves, and we go, oh, man, here you go. What you don't know is he makes 60, 70 grand a year. It's his gig. It's how he does it. And I'm not joking about that. There's a lot of people, they make a lot of money a lot of times. Why? Because they're just siphoning. They're siphoning off of people's compassion. And it's not God. Now, if just do what the Lord says. If you drive up to the, 
end of, a, of an off-ramp and there's a guy there and the Lord says, give him something, then do what the Lord says. But I will, I will not give to a need anymore just because it's a need. The Lord told me he doesn't respond to needs. He responds to faith. Mm-hmm.